I'm like, yeah, dude, like every single one of these individuals is weird. Like we're all kind of weird. Like it, it's okay. Like we were like the misfit toys who like just got kind of left behind who maybe didn't ever really fit in society. Welcome to Trail Effect. I am your host, Josh Blum. Trail Effect is a show that dives into the stories behind trails, the communities that embrace trails, and the people who rely on trails as a way of life. The goal of this show is to turn the stories you will hear from our guests into useful knowledge that can be applied to your community while providing some entertaining and inspirational content. Guests on Trail Effect include trail builders, board members, community leaders, volunteers, and regular people who really enjoy trails. If you are new to the Trail Effect podcast, check out our ever-expanding library of episodes. As we roll into the holiday season, Giving Tuesday is coming up on November 29th, 2022. Episode 97, which was released yesterday, is one example of how you can triple your donation to trails thanks to the Portage Health Foundation and SRAM partnering with Copper Harbor Trails Club. During episode 97, we also chatted about all the successes that Copper Harbor Trails Club had in 2022. Today's episode, episode 98, features Panama Joe, the Director of Culture for Single Track Trails. Panama goes deep on all things single track trails and his community of Grand Junction, Colorado, along with his philosophy on life. I'd like to take a moment to thank all the listeners and guests who have taken the time to share the Trail Effect episodes on their social media accounts such as Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, along with taking Trail Effect in their posts. This has helped more listeners find the Trail Effect podcast. Please keep up all the sharing, commenting, and tagging of Trail Effect. I'd also like to thank all the listeners who have signed up to be supporters of Trail Effect through Patreon. These actions mean a lot to me. This podcast is an Evolution Trail Services production, for more information about Evolution Trail Services, go to www.evotrails.com. Now on to the trail effect with Panama Joe of Single Track Trails. I did reach out to uh, James Flatten to see if yep. I could uh, get a little, little bit deeper on your backstory and maybe some interesting things that have happened. And so we'll go there, but okay. I'll, 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 <laughs> it was all relative to, uh, the Palisade plunge building experience. Let's say. Yeah. Yeah. That was, <laughs> that was an experience, <laughs> which we've obviously documented on this show a handful of other times, but I think it's a, I think it's something that you can't understate and, getting other people's perspective on that and what was learned and everything is really good. Yeah. You have any questions for me before we officially, officially start, even though we've already officially started from the recording perspective? Um, no, no. Yeah. I'm stoked to be here. So well, I think this will be good. Anyone that has the uh, title, the director of culture has to be, uh, has to have a story or two, right? And yeah, how'd yeah. you end up in, so, so you're in Grand Junction, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. So how'd you land in Grand Junction out of Panama? Uh, so my mom and dad met in the military, was brought over, was actually born in Denver. So I'm Colorado native and moved to Junction when I was like eight. Been here pretty much the entire time. So you're almost a, almost a Grand Junction local. Almost. Yeah. <laughs> So how is it growing up in Grand Junction then? I mean, obviously it's a, it's an awesome community in terms of outdoor recreation, you know, and I think anybody that hasn't heard of Grand Junction has been under a rock. Yeah. Um, I would say it's, it's, it's really good now. I think 10 years ago, I probably would have said 
don't ever come here. <laughs> you know, uh, it's been an oil rig in town for since I was a kid. Um, we're finally, finally out of that. And we're more, I mean, it's, I mean, this is like the outdoor wreck Mecca. In my opinion, we have some of the best mountain biking, motocross, moto, enduro, uh, DH trails, XC trails. I mean, if you ski, we have some of the best skiing around. Uh, so yeah, it's just a, it's just a home of outdoor wreck fun. So do you spend much time up at Powderhorn? Or have you built there too? Uh, no, I didn't really build too much up at Powderhorn. Uh, my life was, my life was the plunge, um, when I was a builder. So that's, you know, I think I got to spend, spend a week out in Vernal, Utah doing some park stuff, but, uh, yeah, I was, I was up on the plunge. (laughs) Well, let's go into your backstory and how you like, how you found single track trails and trail building in general, because from what James told me your first project was the plunge. Yeah. So, you know, I did the whole college thing. Um, I was in and out of doing design work before that as like a lull before college, I worked at the Western Colorado Conservation Corps. Um, and that's kind of where I got my in to like, Oh, I actually like doing this kind of work. Like I like being outside and it's, it's hard, you know, but there's something about it. I got a lot of enjoyment out of it. And I was like, oh, you know, there was something on the back burner. You know, I went to Conservation Corps, went to college, never really thought about it again. I've, I've had a lot of different jobs. I worked at a mechanic shop for a while, um, working on Toyotas and Land Cruisers. And then I was a GIS technician for a while, uh, doing geographical mapping all over the world. So I did that for a good span. And then I, the guy that worked at the company I was working at, um, doing GIS, he was like, oh yeah, man, I'm quitting. I can't sit at a desk anymore. And I was like, yeah, kind of sucks. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I'm going to work for this company, single track. And I was like, oh, cool. And I never, you know, I was like, oh, you know, he's like, you should, he's like, they're hiring right now. You should think about applying. And, you know, I didn't know what it entailed. I I didn't know anything about it. And then, yeah, I left that GIS job and I hit Garrett up and I was like, yeah, so that single track job, like I'm down to try it. He's like, okay, let me, let me talk to some people. Greg Mezu called me like that week and we talked for a little bit. He was on the road. Like he always is. We talked um, immediately, like we just, it was almost like we, we've been talking forever. It was kind of like, it's like, holy shit. Like I, I've never talked to somebody like this where I could just, we're just free flowing. Like, okay, we're just best friends. We're talking about all this stuff. It was really cool. And he basically was like, yeah, can you start on Monday? Uh, you're going to be on the plunge. And I was like, okay, yeah, let's, let's go. So that's kind of how I got my start with single track. Yeah. So we'll, we'll stay on the topic of the plunge since I asked James about this. Yeah. He mentioned borrowing a tent that you had borrowed a tent that was then destroyed by a bear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I did have a tent at the time. My first day, I kind of overpacked my first day. I brought like a, 
like a big old backpacking pack and bunch of water. And I, I just didn't know what it entailed. I was like, are we out here? Like, it sounds like it's pretty remote. And yeah, at the time I had borrowed one of my friend's tents because a couple of the tents I had weren't that great. And yeah, my first week I show up, I have all my shit on me and everyone's kind of like looking at me and I'm like, okay, like what's going on? We have like a couple guys bringing like 30 racks of beer. And I'm like, you guys hiking that in? Like you told me like six, seven miles. (laughs) Like I'm not hiking that in. It was just the whole experience. I was just like, okay. But yeah, we camped that week and we're in their biome. I mean, it's animals haven't seen humans up there in like a hundred years. It's just untouched earth. So you'd hear chattering almost every night from the mountain lions kind of hanging out. I was like, okay, this is cool. Bears coming in and out of camp almost every morning. It was just kind of their, their biome and we were in it. And yeah, there was one morning we came up, uh, we packed that week, came up on a Monday, we're driving up and I mean, there, I hadn't seen that many tracks ever in my life, but there were mountain lion tracks and deer tracks and bear tracks. And I mean, it was just this highway of stuff and we get up to the camp and I was telling one of the coworkers was like, yeah, man, wouldn't that be really shitty if like we get to camp and it's just like demolished? I was just like, I just hadn't seen that many tracks. And I was like, we were dealing with bears and mountain lions the entire time. He's like, yeah, that'd be pretty funny. And we get to camp and I'm like, okay, yeah, bear's been here. Like there's our coolers are torn into. And then I walk over to my tent and it had been slashed. The bear definitely like sat on it. Uh, why he was having coffee or something. He was like eating a buff bunch of the coffee grains. And I was like, all right, uh, that's, this is Monday. <laughs> and the, so yeah, repairing the tent that morning and dealing with that was, uh, that was fun. But yeah, that was the, te- the bear tent massacre. Well, James also said that you guys moved to another camp with even more bear and mountain lion tracks. Yeah, that was Dead Man's Camp. We called it Dead Man's Camp because uh, we found an old, uh, like a bear trapping mechanism and some old pans and pots and this old like cowboy tent with this weird old stash spot. I mean, it looked like it had been there for a long time. You could see where the guy chopped some of the trees down and there was actual like moss and fungus growing on the spots where he chopped so it had been there for a long time (laughs) so it was just really cool to be there but yeah we moved camps um like basically that week and we had bear (laughs) come into that camp and slash like three of the tents so yeah it was just it was just constant animals up there so it was fun how is that desk job looking at that moment uh, it was looking pretty good. <laughs> Not gonna lie. Uh, we were waking up with temps of, I think windshield one morning was like negative seven. I was hiking pretty much 13 to 12 to 13 miles a day, six miles in, six miles out. Yeah. It was, you basically had to get into a really tough mindset and just like, I'm here and I'm enjoying this as weird as it is. 
there's something about it I really liked. The adventure seeking of it. We're pioneering trail building. Like it's this this is cool. Like I'm gonna see my tatted throat on a coffee desk one day in a book, you know? Like it was it was just the whole thing. I I really enjoyed it. What are your thoughts on, you know, there's been a lot of aside from covering Palisade Plunge on this podcast, it's been covered in other areas as well. Like final product, what are your thoughts on the experience of it? I know some people seem to think that it is something that it's not, which from what I, everything that I've read on it, it's really meant to be a full experience, not just a downhill experience. But yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, with trail building, you're always going to get, you know, you're always going to get the naysayers. You're always going to have those weekend warriors. You're going to have the guys are super stoked on it um, just because it's something new. I think in an experience as a whole, man, it's, Building it, like I put a lot of my soul in there. A lot of the crew that survived the plunge and still work here today, we put a lot of our, I mean, we put our our soul into building that. I mean, there was true passion. Uh, people that survived building that really are some of the realest trail builders I know because wasn't about the paycheck. It wasn't about, it was like, man, it was, we were doing so much crazy stuff up there that it was like building Otto's wall and moving five feet a day, building bench on crazy rock so we could get demo hammers on to a platform so they could build down three feet on in rock. Just really crazy stuff. And yeah, as in, in a whole, like, I think the trail's rad and the top section is like, I'll take my 10 year old on. It's, it's, it's fun. You know, it's, it's nothing crazy. It's flowy. It has some, you know, ups and downs, lefts and rights. It's, it's, it's a nice jaunt, you know, you hit Otto's wall going down into that descent. It's a whole nother experience. I, I don't think there's anything quite like it. <laughs> It, it's yeah, it's it's very technical writing, you know, I, you, you, I, a weekend warrior from Michigan shouldn't go on the plunge and think like he's he can do it because I don't think he can. <laughs> it's just it's it's a different experience. I mean, it's we're, we're it's high alpine desert. It's it's rocks and it's techie and it's it's sketchy. I mean, there's 500 foot cliffs on the left side. I mean, you don't want to crash. There's no fall zones. It's bring a lot of water. It's, it's just the whole experience is different. So. Yeah. And what's your, uh, so what would your uh, weapon of choice be? AKA bike for someone riding that would it be more <laughs> of the, uh, lighter trail bike or a more of a enduro-ish bigger travel bike? Yeah. I think it's, it's up to the rider, right? Like I wrote it on my 29er hardtail, <laughs> you know, uh, and that's what I wrote it on. And I, I think some people are like, you wrote a hardtail down there. And I'm like, it's, it's, it's all in the rider. Like you can buy any bike you want, you know, it's, it, that's my opinion. <laughs> yeah. That's so true with anything. I mean, that's, yeah. I spent many, many, many years on a hardtail and and took it ever. I mean, it was the bike I had. It was the only bike I had. Yeah. And it, whenever, wherever I was going, it was going. And was it sketchy in certain places? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the only time I've ridden in both Fruta and Grand Junction were on a hardtail. And the last time I rode in Grand Junction or in Fruta would have been on a single speed. That, would, yeah. that was at least 
10 or more years ago. It's been a long time since I've been out there, but that's going to change next year. Yeah. I keep saying yeah. that because I got to <laughs> hit, I want, I want to ride the Palisade plunge for that experience. I yeah, love long, sure. long excursions, you know, and long days on the bike, seeing interesting yeah, things. It's, yeah. It's, it's an adventure. That's, that's, I tell everybody every time I was like, it's an adventure. Make sure to pack snacks, bring some water. You'll, you'll have a good time. So your official title at Single Track Trails is the Director of Culture. Yeah. Does that come with a position description? Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, I, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of the all ringer at Single Track, you know, with a, you know, 14 year startup, <laughs> you, you mer- wear many hats, but no, I, my title is really to drive the culture of Single Track and in a, in a, super positive way. I mean, we are looking into the human beings and not just numbers. We're we're trying to create careers and create build these people up essentially um as humans. And if they want to stick around with us, that's awesome and we'll build you up and we'll have this solid culture around that. But if you move on, we also want to build you up and move you on in a positive way. Um so my my direction is very, I've been told I'm the heart of the company, um, which I feel like that's a really big statement because I think everyone at Single Track is the heart of the company. The trail builders are the heart of the company, in my opinion. I just, I just know what it takes to be out there and I know what direction. And I'll, like, I don't know, I, I feel like I know the direction we need to take stuff um, and how to treat our people. And, and so on but yeah it's there's a lot of things you it's a very broad topic but greg likes to call me the broker of stoke um <laughs> so yeah if i'm the cheerleader of the company great i'll, I'll do that but i want to make sure we're going in a healthy positive direction i think i've also seen the title assassin of special projects or something along those lines yeah yeah so <laughs> Uh, like I said, I wear many hats, so I do work on the machines. I run the Instagram account, run the website. I do a lot of admin stuff on the back end. We have a culture newsletter that goes out once a month. We have a few people speak on that. We have like a build of the month. We feature certain people. It's it's yeah. I I, I I'm all over the place. Where wherever we can create some faster workflow, I'm there to help you out. Even if it's to come into the office and cheer you up a little bit, buy you a beer or something like that. It's a really fun role because I'm I'm basically creating my role, but I just I've always been this a positive person. I've always been a positive person on the trail. When the shit was bad, I was always smiling with snow in my face and mosquitoes around my head. Um, it was never uh I, I have a very good outlook on everything we do. I can take a lot of positives from all the negatives and that's what I push towards our guys and gals. Yeah. And I think I saw, I don't know if this is on Instagram or LinkedIn or Facebook, one of the social places, right. That you guys recently had a, basically like a, a, a party, you know, celebrating all your staff. I don't know what you, what the direct term for that was, but an outing. How was that? Yeah, it was awesome. So our umbrella group is called Howler Incorporated. So we titled it Howler Fest. And yeah, it was a two-day event. Um, we wanted to give back to our people. Greg and the and the CEO, Matt Coghill, 
cooked every day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, which was crazy. <laughs> Cooking for 40 plus people, um, which was really, really, really nuts. I haven't seen that much bacon ever in my life. But yeah, it was really cool. Um, we had a live music, uh, drinks, we had field games, we had a short track race, we had you know, a company ride. Uh, it was, it was really cool. It was really cool to get everyone together in one place because a lot of the time we live our life through Google chat and Slack and we don't get to see the face to face all the time in person, shake a hand. So it was really cool to have all of management together, all of the field staff together in general, and just be like, Hey man, like, thank you so much. Like you're killing it. Uh, we appreciate you, you know, here's a little appreciation token back to you guys and gals. And, uh, yeah, it was a super, it was a party. It was a two day party. It was super fun. <laughs> in Grand Junction? Uh, in Durango actually. Oh yeah. So one of the guys that works here has like five acres, um, and a house out there. So we had people camping, tent camping and car camping out on the property. And yeah, we just filled the fridge with food and drinks and yeah it was it was super rad <laughs> and bacon yeah and bacon yeah 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 you're if i've if i've done my research right you also have a background in graphic design yeah have you and this is an area that i definitely like i've gone i've gone this way on the podcast but i think it's something that needs to be said more and more and more have you worked on since you wear a lot of hats, have you worked on the planning, trail planning side of things and been able to use your skill set of graphic design to put together visuals? So I don't work on the trail planning side too much. I, my degree, I guess, would be more in the branding side. So I've done a lot of like helping with catalog stuff, helping with uh, brochures, uh, images, stickers, stuff like that. Um, that's kind of my expertise. So anytime planning hits me up, it's more for, Hey, can you get like this really sweet catalog done for us? Or this really sweet brochure? I'm like, Oh yeah. You know, all day. So yeah, not too much on designing planning of like a park or anything like that. We actually have a guy, Joe Tehan, that kind of, that's his expertise and he kind of, you know, that's his realm for sure. Yeah. I just know that it seems like in the trail industry, there's, it's kind of a mix of like, like AutoCAD and the AutoCAD meets illustrator, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. And it, it's, you know, TN will come to me. He's like, what color swatches should I use? You know? And I'm like, okay, I got you. You know, <laughs> other than that, he's, he's the mastermind behind that side. What about your backstory with mountain biking? Yeah. Like I said, I grew up in Junction pretty much. So uh, Lunch Loops, 18 Road, is that's my backyard. Grew up on a mountain bike. I mean, I've been on a mountain bike my whole life. I've been dirt biking for a couple of years now too. So that's been an, another big chunk of my life. So yeah, it's, it's real funny when people are like, oh man, Lunch Loops, that's a tough trail. It's like, that's a trail I take my 10-year-old on. Like, <laughs> you know, this, <laughs> this is just a trail you grow up on. It's, yeah, it's, it's it makes you a really good writer, honestly, growing up in this town. You go into different areas of the country and you're like, okay, what's up? This is good. You know, this this isn't crazy though. <laughs> yeah, that just it just spread my brain on the whole the trail rating discussion that I had with James. 
you know, and that's, that seems to be a, a hot topic these days with how to rate trails. And I don't really know what the answer is on it. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> it's just one of those things. It's, you know, it's so it's, well, it's just in some, a lot of it is just, you know, gray because it's opinion based. Yeah. Right. And that's like yep. anything in life. Yep. Most definitely. There's stuff that I, where I live that it's black, but you, it would be maybe teal in, yeah. <laughs> in Grand Junction at Lunch Loops. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And one, you know, one part of me is like, well, we got to prepare other people to get ready for what you could find on a, on say a trip. Right. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. So speaking of trips, have you, uh, have you been able to venture out of that region of Colorado into some riding? Not, not really. Yeah. I mean, not really. I've, I've been, I've ridden a lot of the trails just here in Colorado, a lot of stuff in Utah. Yeah. I mean, I out in McKenzie just cause we're building out there. So it's nice testing that stuff out. Colorado, man. It's just, yeah. And I know there's awesome riding all over, but yeah, I I've been wanting to go to North Carolina cause I know there's some really good riding out there, but no, man, it's, it's been Colorado heavy. You got to get packed to know one of Greg's bags since he's yeah. always traveling, right? <laughs> yeah, most definitely. Yeah. You know, when he, when he goes up to Washington or, you know, out East. Yeah. <laughs> what, uh, what do you guys have for projects going on right now? You want to start from 2021 or? Yeah, we can start with 2021. Okay. Yeah. You can be like the, the where to go ride trail built by single track trails list. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. So starting in. 2021, Rocky Knob, North Carolina, Flowing Johnny, Staunton State Park, which was a climbing access trail, Ken Carl Ranch, which, which is a maintenance project, Pilot Hill Connector Trail, Moa Bike Park, Jacob's Ladder, which we just finished up, Richfield, V Hollow Bike Park. V Hollow is awesome. Yeah. Uh, Milk Ranch and McGaffey Trails, Farmington, New Mexico, Farmington, North Carolina Bike Park. We also did the Farmington, New Mexico Bike Park, Sorba, Middle Black Mountain. We did the Riverfront. We were out in Loveland for the Oxbow Nature Play Area. Colorado Mountain College, they had us go out there and do a bunch of really cool DH and XC stuff, which was awesome. Black Mountain, uh, uh, Purgatory. Lori Cohan Memorial, Wild Glade, Glade Run, Fisher's Peak State Park, which we're still at, um, which is a really big one. We're doing a bunch of XC stuff. This awesome hiking. It's a multi-axis, multi-functional trail that's going to go up to the peak of Fisher's Peak, which is, oh, it's awesome up there. Gold Camp, Big Sky Bike Park out in Utah. Lubon Trail, Old Quarry, Mackenzie, Rifle Falls State Park. We've just finished that. Milky Way and Sky Ridge, Richfield, Jacob's Ladder, South Fuses, which just got closed down because it's like 12K <laughs> feet up there. Oh, from snow? Uh, yeah, yeah. Pole Mountain. Uh, we're doing Pilot Hill again, doing another like three, four miles up there. Douglas County. And yeah, Lake Pueblo State Park and then Fruita Bike Park again. So, yeah. So do you have a favorite project that you've been to out of those? Oh man, Fisher's Peak is really freaking dope. 
I think that's going to be a super fun trail. CMC is awesome. The Colorado Mountain College. I rode the Black DH trail there. It is super fun. It is fast. <laughs> it's rocky. Uh, it's that's a really cool area. Lubon Trail is super fun. Yeah, those are the kind of the only ones I went out to. Jacob's Ladder I went to out, out to, but it's a climbing access trail. It's just a really really gnarly hike. I mean, you're you're hiking the grade and you can literally see the tread level like the entire time for like six, seven miles. So it's uh, I'm, I'm shocked that people go and climb out there. Like I'm like, you guys hike like 10 miles and then you climb that. OK, that's the climbing world is a different world. <laughs> Not for me, but I'm trying to think else. what else I went out to. Obviously, I've been out to Fruta just because it's down the way. It's like your front yard. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Yeah, man. Those are kind of the, the trips I've been on anyway, so far. When you hit up the, the downhill trail at CMC, what do you, were you, you weren't riding your hardtail for that, were you? I was. Oh, yeah. yeah. Is that your, yeah. is that your weapon of choice as a hardtail? That is, that is my weapon of choice. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I like whipping it. I like, uh, yeah, people think I, like my riding is a little different, but yeah, people ride behind me and they're like, how did you take that turn? I don't even, I don't even understand it, but it's all just like lifting up the tail and it's like a lift and a whip. <laughs> so yeah, that's just, yeah, that's how I do it. It's Euro style. Like you'd find in uh, Switzerland. <laughs> yeah. Or, super tight switchbacks and stuff. Yeah. Or some like really tight East coast riding. Cause I've ridden with a couple East coast guys that ride hardtail. And they just hop turns like it's no one's business, which is kind of insane. And they're just like, that's just how East Coast riding is through the tight trees. And you have tight trees with turns and you just get really good at doing that. I'm like, all right. Yeah. Riding out here is going to be a piece of cake. <laughs> yeah. It is a whole different ball game, especially when you throw trees into the mix. It's stuff gets super tight and steep. Oh, and Yeah. What are some of your must-haves when it comes to trail communities? You know, you live in an awesome trail community, so it's probably a really tough question. I always point at wood-fired pizza, and I know you guys have that. Yeah, I don't know. We, here in Grand Junction, I think what makes this community so awesome is the engagement. There's Friday bike night and Injunction, and 200 people show up to that, and you just get to know everybody, and you go on like a five mile little jaunt around town and it's kind of anarchy because you take the entire street <laughs> and it's super fun with like 200 people. And you're like, yeah, you know, it's, it's super rad. People are very active with like cop MOBA. They're very active just in general with every outdoor rec aspect in junction. So speaking from the grand junction side, I think what makes just like an awesome community is just engagement. I mean, people being active on Instagram and Facebook and, hey, like, what did you guys just build out at 18 Road or who's pirating this? And you're like, oh, like, that's not a pirate trail. This is like actual someone, you know, companies doing this or um, and just being active on that side. Obviously, I run the social media account, so I'm very good about reaching out to people, answering every DM that comes in and answering all the questions that come in on the chat. And it just... I think the community is just really open to it. And I think that's just kind of what makes a good community. I think people have asked me this before because they might be, you know, they're having issues in their community. They're like, yeah, we have this bike park and you guys built it, but man, it's going to shit. And how, how do you get active with this? And 
you get people out here and I was like, man, have trail days, you know, have, you know, get with the local mayor and see what he can bring up. Maybe there's funding, you know, get with your local conservation corps, get with your, you know, get with the local writers, go to the bike shop, go talk to them, get, get people mad about it, <laughs> you know? Uh, and I, I think just having that active engagement is, is key. How long has that Friday night uh, ride been going on where you have that many people? Oh man, it's been going on for a couple of years now. Yeah. I'm forgetting his name top of my head right now. It's this guy who leads it. He started doing it because we kind of had, we've had a lot of hit and runs here in Grand Junction, which is really, really shitty. So he's been a huge advocate. He's been doing these ghost bikes and anybody that has died, he's basically been spray painting these white bikes, chaining them up to a spot. There's a little picture of the person um, and a little QR code. And, and you scan that. It goes to their like bio. It explains the person, what they did in the community. And unfortunately, there's too many of those around town. We've had, I, don't, I mean, there was one month, I think we've had like four deaths, um, which was insane. I mean, it's, we're a biking community and I'm like, okay, guys, what is going on? You know? Um, so staying active with that. And then, you know, what's the population there, but just to kind of put that into perspective, like, yeah, cause it doesn't, to me, it doesn't seem like a community your size should have. I mean, that reminds me of back in the nineties. Um, I used to go visit a friend in the twin cities, Minneapolis, St. Paul area. And you know, they'd have what, and this is, it reminds me of a critical mass where they go on these critical mass rides. Right. Totally. Same, it's the yeah. same concept, but that's in, you know, Minneapolis, St. Paul, not totally. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of a, so I'm, I'm Googling population of Grand Junction. It's about 70 K. Okay. It is bigger yeah. than I thought then. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a little bit bigger than where I live in lacrosse. So yeah, just, so he started that. Obviously people get pretty fired up about that when it comes to the biking community and not just the biking community. I mean, these are people, you know, there's people that run on the streets. There are people, you know, there's a lot of people doing a lot of, there's my 10 year old walks to and from school every day. I mean, it's, it's just a thing to be aware of. So he started that. Um, and then he started doing this junction bike night and it was pretty much stemmed from this. It was kind of like, you know what? Uh, it was kind of like a F you like, we're gonna, we're gonna be out here in force and you're going to notice us. I'm going to bring a bullhorn and we're going to have people dress up and it's going to be a whole thing. So that's what it's been. And it's, and it's been fun. It's been, it's been fun to take like my wife to and my kiddo too. And I'm like, yeah, Cambry, this is anarchy in a nutshell right now. Like, this is fun. This is like, this is having impact on the community without doing anything. We're just riding our bikes. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's been super rad. Do you get any pushback from the community on that? Cause there's all, I mean, where I live, it's, I just, it cracks me up, especially on social media accounts when like a new bike lane gets put in and all of a sudden <laughs> everybody's all like, are the bikers paying for that bike lane? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, we are getting out of your way now as a motorist. So it actually makes it easier for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the community has been pretty, honestly, it's been all right. Like you get some ragey people, you know, every once in a blue moon, but honestly, 
it's been pretty rad. Like we'll, we have kind of this five mile trek that we, he changes it up every, every week. People get outside, they sit on their patio and they're just, it's like a parade for them. So it's been kind of rad. You're just riding through town and people know that it's happening now. So people are like excited. They're like getting out and like with their bullhorns. And it, it's just, it's kind of creating this like infectious, like, oh, this is kind of fun. I want to be a part of this. You know, even if I'm not on a bike, I want to sit out and support, you know? Yeah. We have something here in the cross and, and I'm friends with Mario, the guy that runs this and he's very he doesn't like media, so I, I haven't been able to get him on the podcast, which I've wanted to, but it's called Beer by Bike Brigade. And it's a monthly thing. And there's literally, it's scheduled out for the, it's only usually in the summer. All they, they do a, one around Christmas and they just did one um, on, ho- or they do one for Halloween too, where everyone dresses up in that. But it basically, I mean, it's, it's four to 600 people that show up and it was obviously, it didn't really happen during COVID times, but now it's fired, fully fired back up in 2022. And it's been happening, I want to say for six or seven years now, but it literally like they'll start in the middle of downtown lacrosse at this big park on the, on the banks of the Mississippi river. And there's predetermined stops and their businesses. And so Mario is really intentional about making sure these businesses get business, you know? So it's a real positive community asset. And this, what you're talking about kind of reminds me of that. And it's, it's been a, it's been a pretty awesome, it's always positive. It's always, you know, they're always raising money for some social cause or bike related cause in the community. And it's, it's pretty awesome to see. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. I, I, I love stuff like that. I love being part of stuff like that. I highly advise everyone to be a part of something like that because it, it makes you feel good and gives you a little empowerment. I mean, with the chaos in the world and it's, it's kind of nice to be like, Oh, I got control of this. I'm just riding my bike and that's, that's kind of fun. Yeah. Well, it also gives you perspective, you know, cause it gets yeah. you to, it, it, you know, it gets, it gets you talking to people that you don't necessarily know, you know? And so you kind of get to understand like where people are coming from with certain things. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. It's, uh, Every time I've gone to bike night, it's, I meet someone new. I meet a new community member. I meet an owner of one of the downtown businesses. I run into a, one of the owners of the bike shop. It's just, it's just a really cool thing. And it's just a nonstop interweb of connections. So, yeah. Early on, you had said 10 years ago, you might not recommend someone coming to Grand Junction. What is, but now you would. So overall, what do you, what do you think has changed? Has it been kind of a mix of like, your interaction of stuff or has the community seen like a full kind of shift in attitude towards just community in general? Part of it is political. Um, I'm just going to start there because it was very, and it's still much so is, but we, there's a lot of different diverse people coming into junction. I mean, different religions, backgrounds, the Latinx community, the trans community, just a, a very wide, diverse community coming in. And it's been awesome. It's been healthy. It's no longer this real rough neck, cowboy boots, big trucks. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a, a lot of more uh, subies and it's, it, and not that I'm not trying to, it's whatever. I'm just, I, I'm seeing it as, you know, an eight year old coming into like, I'm 35 now. It's just, all right, 
we're being a little more eco-friendly here. See a lot of more cycle bins out front. There, the as a whole, it's just it's being better. I think people are being more self-aware, uh, which is huge, and being a little bit more engaged with their community, and that's very that's huge. You know, um, like I said, it's infectious. I think people don't don't realize how infectious it is until you're a part of it and you're spreading it yourself. So yeah, I ten years ago we didn't have that. You know, I mean, I I am completely tatted out, okay, neck to my feet. That was that you got looked at hard in this town. Uh, anymore, it's like half of the people in this town have tattoos. You know, it's just it, it's changing, right? Culturally, it's changing, and it's awesome. You know, I would highly recommend coming here. Don't come here, but I'd highly <laughs> recommend coming here. Yeah, it's like I love that too. It's like. Yeah, we have this really awesome stuff. Oh, wait. No, we don't. We don't <laughs> yeah. want it anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> uh. Let's go back into trails. Yeah. We've talked about Palisade Plunge a lot. You briefly mentioned that you work in the machine too. And I know you're on an American Trails a primer for mechanized trail building. I don't know what they call those things. Webinars, I guess they call those things. Yeah. Yeah. How was your, you know, how was your transition from the desk to the machine? And like, let's talk about like maybe some stuff you've learned, especially because there's a lot of other trail builders that listen to the show. Yeah. So I never had time in the machine. I was always the guy who wrenched on them. I was hands, boots on the ground, a digger with a, you know, a beast or a McLeod. Like I, like I said earlier, I enjoyed that aspect of work. I mean, some of the best time I think I had at STI has been on the field up front hogging. And I mean, there, nothing beats that. There's something for feeling about it. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a whole nother experience. And Greg and I have talked about this a lot. And I'm not a huge spiritual person, but there's something spiritual about touching rocks and being in the dirt and then creating some rad shit for people to ride. Oh, it's, it's something that's what kept me going. It's like, Oh, this like, I always tell people that start here. I was like, if you're here for the paycheck, this is not the job for you. Like we are creating like rad shit for community members to use for hopefully my daughter to ride one day when she gets older or whatever the case for her daughter or kids or whatever to ride one day. That mindset is powerful. And that's what drove me to build really fun trail. So yeah, coming from that to in the office slowly, like working on the machines, not really knowing anything about these tractors because they're tractors, (laughs) you know, they're hydraulically ran. I mean, there's some crazy wizardry engineering that happens with these things. And to start learning about them and start wrenching on them a little bit and diagnosing some problems and seeing what the field staff and the operators are dealing with and what they're breaking and being like, okay, and figuring that out and talking them off the cliff and being like, okay, man, like you can fix this. We just got to do this and this and this. That transition has been kind of crazy. Um, and now into the role of like, I'm still doing that, but also directing the culture of single track, the whole, the entire experience has been nuts. It's been 
it's been crazy. It's just, I haven't really had it. I don't have any slow time. It's very, I sit at my desk and I have a, I have a million things to do that is on my plate right now, but it, it's, it's, it's fun. I, we have a saying at single track, like if you can't brace the suck, like, yeah, I don't know, man. Like this is what differentiates trail building from every company ever is like trail builders. Just, they have a lot of guts and we do a lot of crazy shit and that's just part of the game, you know? And, you know, Greg calls us a bunch of nomads and misfits and we had that howler fest and it was funny because I was looking around and I'm like, yeah, dude, like every single one of these individuals is weird. Like we're all kind of weird. Like it, it's okay. Like we were like the misfit toys who like just got kind of left behind who maybe didn't ever really fit in society who maybe were kind of like always kind of said, fuck you to the man or always kind of was like, kind of wanted to do their own thing or, they were just weird, you know? We are, yeah, come here, man. Like, we got you. Like, we're, we embrace that part of us. Like, and it's funny because, in my opinion, I think we have some of the best trail builders that work here right now. And it's, it's, it's cool, you know? It's like, and that's been our thing, you know? It's like, yeah, we're a bunch of nomads and misfits, but it's been cool to embrace that and be like, man, no one wanted me, but I'm here, you know? And, now I'm directing all this really cool stuff for everyone else. And to be like, you're not weird, dude. Like, yeah, that's kind of fun to be like in the suck and being like, why am I enjoying this? It's you're at it. It's just a mindset. It's a lifestyle. Like you're into bikes, man. You're, you're building trail for rad people. We're it, establishing this community within our industry and our company, spreading that out to other people, individuals. And it's, it's just a crazy experience, man. I, 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 you know, I know you, I've listened to the podcast with you and Greg and I, I know Greg has chimed in on this. It's, it's really crazy to leave your mark on something. I think that's the coolest experience. I can't think of any job that you can do that with, you know, besides maybe a podcast or like me, some media presentation. I think you can leave, you are leaving your mark, you know, but to leave your mark on like the environment, like it's mind blowing to me <laughs> and not to dive into it, but it's just mind blowing to me. You know, it's like, that's, that feels good. You know, like, yeah, I, I get it. It's, and I think leaving your mark in a way that other people can like physically enjoy it. Like the podcast is good. Media is good, but to be able to physically enjoy something, I think that's really where it's at. Yeah. I've had the fortunate experience of being basically like a random person in the woods. You know, I, was, I remember I was doing, I was doing a little bit of trail work or doing something on, a, on one of our newer trails a couple of years ago. And not too far away from me was a mother who I knew. She didn't know I was there because I was on a different trail. It's kind of like the fly on the wall and her two boys. And it was, and they were riding some trails that, that rock solid had just built for us. And she's coming down this trail going, this is incredible. And that like was like the light bulb moment for me. Like, this is why we do what we do because her and her two boys are having the experience of a lifetime right now in the woods on a bike. Yeah. And you had hand in creating that, which is like fulfilling, you know, I think it's just a really, really cool experience. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. So it's, it's awesome to be 
awesome to be part of this. And I love the Toy Story reference you just made too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I totally uh, laughed at in my head because, you know, <laughs> Halloween was this week and, I, and my younger daughter is a little bit, she's got her own creative imagination. And so she dressed up for Halloween, but then she's got this baby Yoda that she really loves. And she dressed him up as uh, Woody from Toy Story. Nice. That is <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I'm like, wait a second. You just dress up Yoda as her baby Yoda as Woody? <laughs> nice mind blowing <laughs> and I'm like what about Woody she's like well he's naked now <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're right he is he is naked now he took all of his clothes off yeah. and put him on baby Yoda oh baby Yoda with the cowboy hat I like it and it was I'll, I'll have to I'll have to fire a t- uh, picture yeah. to you yeah for sure well, with that, do you have anything before we wrap this thing up that we uh, that we didn't like hit on as far as like stuff that you thought about prior to coming on the show? I know we kind of scheduled this last minute, which I think is good because it kind of makes it more free flowing and less structured. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I I'm I'm all about the free flow. So <laughs> yeah, who knows who's who would have thought that we we're gonna start talking about ghost bikes and crit- critical mass, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, it's not a topic, but <laughs> yeah, very yeah, relevant. Exactly. Yeah, totally. You have anything that you'd like to close with at all, or any thoughts, or any any words of wisdom with the nomads and misfits and Greg's crazy culture? Because we're oh, gonna get man. Greg back on in the not too distant future too, <laughs> and we're gonna. I was kind of on my soapbox this morning. I've been I've been a little frustrated personally with. I, I just maybe I don't see it, but I see I I think the bike industry, mountain bike industry specifically, still doesn't quite understand the importance of trails. Edit. I'd like to take a moment to retract the statement that you just heard me make regarding the support of trails by the mountain bike industry and admit that I've been proven wrong multiple times since the recording of this conversation, along with before this conversation. The trend of generosity is a contagious one. Thank you to the companies, foundations, and individuals who continue to show up in support of trails and trail advocacy for mountain biking. Now back to the conversation with Panama Joe. Yeah, I I think it's getting better. I mean, I mean, without professional trail builders, it's like, man, those, those sweet red, you know, reels you're making <laughs> are not going to be a thing, you know? So, yeah, I think it's starting to some, maybe take effect, but yeah, it's still, they still think it's, you know, fairies that come out and, you know, it's Santa Claus and. We, we, we call ourselves trail ninjas, you know, we're, we're there by night and something happens and pops up, you know, but no, I think people are finally starting to like, you know, they see, they see Fisher's peak and they're like, holy crap, you did all that rock work or they go out to Otto's wall, you know, or they see the bench cut that was done for five miles in rock. And they're like, who did this? Like, this is insane. You know? Yeah, I think that they're starting to take a little bit of notice like, okay, yeah, someone was out here doing this for sure, you know, but yeah, there's, and who knows, it might always be where it's like, yep, it's always the trail fairies. And you know what, There, there's always, there's something kind of cool about that too. It, it keeps the trail builders humble. It, it, it keeps Greg Mazu humble. It keeps myself humble. And I think there's something powerful about that as well, because I think without the humbleness of it, maybe trail building won't be as rad and as flowy and it might just be a, uh, just a 
a paved road with a ditch witch or something, you know? I don't know. It might just become this like this thing where it's like, oh, we're just out here. No one's recognizing us. We're just gonna, who cares? No one's ever gonna know, right? So maybe it's good. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Like maybe it's all right. Maybe yeah, there's there's always two sides to every coin, and it's good. That's why I think it's good to have, you know, open conversation about it so people can for kind of sure. think about it. Yeah, for sure. And I think it all comes back to being self-aware and the awareness of trail building. And I think that's where it's at. Yeah. Maybe think about it every once in a while. Be like, stop and be like, all right, someone did this. Like, or all right, like that was a rad, that was flowy as fuck. <laughs> you know, like, man, who who built this and Google it or I don't know, you know, maybe it gets someone excited. And I think that's what's exciting with our company is like, I tell people, I was like, man, don't lose the drive and the passion. Like, man, you might make a really sick turn and that might resonate heavy in someone's brain. And they're going to like come to our Instagram account or come to whatever and just start doing some research. Like who did this, you know, and get stoked about it and be like, man, okay. Yeah. I support this. I support you guys. Like, man, keep doing that. Wherever you guys are going to start building the trail, I want to be on that trail first, you know? So that part of it is super exciting. Yeah. There is something about getting first tracks or pretty much, I mean, it's, it's, it's different than obviously skiing and powder because those first tracks are like legit tracks. Yeah. But to be able to, um, you know, get out. I've had, I've been super fortunate to get out on a couple trails before they were open to the public. Yeah. And that is, and with the builder, and that's a pretty magical experience. Yeah. I mean, it's, it was fun on the plunge because the first few people that got to ride the plunge, I don't know how many people hit me up were like, can you guide? Can you do a guide? I'll pay you. And I'm like, dude, I just got off of that thing. I don't want to see it for like a year. <laughs> to be honest, like, I don't want to be back on it for a year. But for the few people, you know, that came up and helped some people out or when we were up there and people got like a sneak peek to be able to be like, oh, yeah, there's like a little jump line on this little, you know, or this is this this little, you know, there's this really crazy turn. Be, you know, there's this fall line. Watch out, like pedal through. You could tell they were like, oh, man, this is this is some VIP shit. This is awesome. (laughs) Well, and you got me thinking like, that's a trail to have that kind of experience because you, you, you're you not going to session it, right? So you're not going to find like, those little side hits. <laughs> oh, like, yeah, how, do you, no. how do you do that on a trail like the plunge, right? Like you would maybe in your local trail system outside, you know, right on the edge of town. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really get a guide from single track who, who worked it, to be honest, because we know every little line. I know that I was on the entirety of the Palisade plunge and it's ingrained in my brain. Like that's never going away. I know I could almost pray the bottom half for sure. I could probably picture every turn in my head right now. It's just, it's insane. It's just, it's that will always be with me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think with that, that that's a good way to wrap this one up. Yeah. Sweet. So Joe, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day and your million things to do. And I know you're, you're on Instagram a lot and you're doing a lot for single track trails. And I see all the stuff you're posting and I see all the stuff you're sharing of this podcast, which I greatly appreciate because it does. I mean, a lot of the show is to help create awareness around trails and trail building and that. And, and that's how we do it. Right. Oh yeah. Hands down. And I, I love this podcast. I listen to it all the time. Um, it's part of our culture newsletter. 
Um, and yeah, like you said, I, I share it every time you, you share it, I share it. It's that's how it works, you know? And yeah, thank you so much for having me on. So thank you for listening. Links for the various topics discussed on the show can be found in the show notes. Our next episode will feature Graham McLean, the head of developing mountain biking in Scotland. If you like what you've heard, please take the time to share these shows with others. Sharing these shows will help create awareness of both the guests who have taken the time to be on the show and the podcast series itself. Also, if you're new to the Trail Effect podcast, check out our ever-expanding library of episodes. Please don't forget to leave a rating and review, as this is one of the best ways to show your support for the Trail Effect podcast. I'd also like to thank all the listeners who have signed up to be supporters of Trail Effect through Patreon. These actions mean a lot to me. With that, the value for value concept is something that has caught my attention. If you find value in the Trail Effect podcast, you now have a way to provide value for that value via Patreon for Trail Effect. This podcast has been edited and produced by Evolution Trail Services. For more information about Evolution Trail Services, go to www.evotrails.com. If you have ideas on future communities or people to feature on Trail Effect, please don't hesitate to reach out by emailing evolutiontrails at gmail.com. Thank you again for listening.